to me Cause I'm a little unsteady A little unsteady Thanks for coming in today, man. No worries at all. Um, I have heard a little bit about you in the industry, and um, <laughs> and there's definitely a few stories to be told. Um, I don't know your full history, don't know your full background, as I do with all my uh, people that come on the on the podcast. Yep. And I think it's really important, not just you, but I think it's really important that everyone gets an opportunity to tell their actual story through their actual lens, mm-hmm. rather than being portrayed and and, um, and and spoken about and, you know, um, gossip or behind people's backs or from a different angle that's not actually yours. Yep. So, um, yeah, do you want to give us a, a little intro in regards to where you're at, what you're up to and what you're doing at the moment, and then we can go as far as deep as you want to? Yes, sweet man. So, um, my name is Max Broadhurst. I'm 33 years old. Yep. I'm a father to four beautiful girls. Um, I'm born and bred in Kaipoi to my lovely parents who are we're still together. Yep. Um, I had my own business for the last decade, which is is no longer. Um, and yeah, I'm just been on a bit of a journey and continuing on the journey, man. Cool. Um, do you? Oh, I thought I was going to go straight into it. Do you want to just give us the the heads up in regards to what happened in the last six to twelve months? Um, I don't actually know the story, yep. so it'll be the first time I'm hearing it. Do you want to give the audience a, a bit of? Uh, bit of background about what's been going on the last 12 months. Yep, so um, in February of this year, I decided to liquidate my company. Um, like I said before, I'd had it for had the business for 10 years. Yep. Um, for the last two years of that, been really struggling mentally, mm-hmm. um, really, really struggling. And um, yeah, decided to liquidate the business. So that's um, like the mental stress from COVID and the financial side of things um, was a massive weight on me and I just, I fell out of love with what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and got to a space where I needed to draw a line. Mm-hmm. I needed to to move forward and try something different with my life. And unfortunately, um, that's come at the expense of some other businesses financially um, and money that was owed um, and people with half-built homes, which are, all have must-built guarantees, so they will, will be or are getting finished, but it's not a nice nice space for those people to be in or not a nice mm. space for me to be in either but the simple fact was I just got to a point where I couldn't continue to do it so um, yeah since then um, there's been some really dark days you know like like um, that after doing something for a third of your life it becomes your identity mm. that's like I meet people random people in all sorts of places and they're like I'd introduce myself as Max, and it was, oh, you've brought his filters, which was really cool in one way, but then once that's no longer, it's like, well, who am I, yeah. you know? Um, that with, you know, the fact my my marriage breaking down, um, which has been, uh, you know, played a massive part in, in the weight on my shoulders. So, um, yeah, it was earlier on this year, I got to a point where um, things got really heavy and it just felt like I had nothing, no one, um, and I tried to end my life. This year? This year bro, yeah. Very shortly after I uh, liquidated the company and you know like I'm big on mental health and mental health advocate, um, so I know all the, I know all the um, stuff around the, what you're meant to do but the fact is I got to a point where I couldn't do it, mm. you know, it was, um, yeah, it was a shit time, yeah. real shit time. But um, 
lots of things contributed to that, you know. Like I said, the loss of identity, the um, the weight of releasing my weight, but then putting weight onto other people mm. through the business liquidation. It's, it was a lot to lot to handle, bro. A lot to handle. So um, can see that. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it's heavy, man. It is really heavy, and especially to get to that point, like where I was prepared to leave my babies. Like it's a pretty dark place, eh? It's a fucking dark place, bro. So um, I wouldn't wish anyone to be there. You know, I'm just grateful that I've had some really good mates that have pulled me back up. Well, I pulled myself up, but they've given me a boost too. You know, mm. like um, given me a place, a space to live. Because I got to a point, bro. Nothing. Mm. It was all gone. Everything. The family was gone. The business was gone. No money. Not really. Nowhere to live. Nothing. So. Right. Um, I just swallowed that bit of information. Just, just <laughs> give me a minute. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you, you want to get straight to it? So we definitely that, went down the deep end. It's been, <laughs> been my last eight months, bro. But um, uh, now it's gone from being uh, the end of end of the world to uh, and a massive burden and a massive weight and just a, sh- a shit time mm. to sort of a wee bit exciting. Because when you've got nothing left to lose, you've got fucking everything to gain, man. So, um, and that all comes back to mindset. But, like, I'm big on mindset. I preach this stuff. Mm. And, like I said, I got to a point where I just couldn't lift myself back up. Scary, eh? So scary, bro. Especially scary because I've got the skill set. Like I said, I know. I know better. Mm. Um, And I could see it happening and then just spiraled like... um, it's no secret I'm a recovering drug addict as yep. well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I got to that bottom point, um, I relapsed. And then that just sent me spiralling even further. So, yep. um, yeah. I want to go further into that story. Yep. Tell me further. Go, okay, let's go back. Let's go back. Let's. I will come back to that and I would. I want to unpack that even further and understand that more. Because yep. I've got a lot of questions I want to ask, especially yeah. when it comes to that space. Um, and I've had drug addiction in my history. Um, and um, mental breakdowns and bits and pieces. So don't get me wrong, I don't not walk in that path. And you're zero coverage right there. Um, not walking that exact path that you've walked, but I definitely understand it to a certain degree. Um, I wanna I wanna go back, like wherever you want that story to start. Um, whether it be childhood, whether it be adolescence, there's probably a I would say hope or potentially not hopefully potentially a spot in your history that. Um, can at least start from yeah where you've got some memories um, there somewhere where it starts from and we can talk from that point yeah so like i had a really good upbringing like a lot of people that um deal with mental health issues haven't had a great upbringing mm-hmm. like um physical mental abuse that sort of thing so like i'm lucky I've, my parents are still together like raised everything we needed and more both my parents really hard workers yep. um things that i look back now and see um, my parents always tried their best for us, always tried their best, but things that I probably wouldn't subject my children to, yep. but once again, my parents were both subjected to things that they shouldn't have been subject to, so they've done, I've not put in any weight or any blame on them at all because they've done the best that they can, but like I'm the next generation of that, I need to do better again, I'm you sure. know what I mean? So, um, yeah, so lucky to have a really, really good upbringing. Um, I was sexually abused at at quite a young age, um, and that 
I don't know, bro. I didn't. I didn't even. I couldn't remember it till I was like twenty, and then so I started the, having these so the trauma had done enough damage for your brain to get, remove that memory. I couldn't. Never thought of it, and then I just started having these visions, and I fact checked basically, and it was confirmed. And I was like, and then from there on, there's been times in my life where it's like more visions will come, and I'm like, yeah. And so that was something. Uh, probably now that I look back, shaped who I am to a certain extent and um, I guess my relationships with women, yep. um, my relationships with people in general. Yep. But like I said, I didn't remember a thing and then one day just bang. So it's um, it's not something that I let play on my mind a lot, but it just it explains a lot of my, my um, shortcomings, I guess you want to call them, That's or really just the way I viewed relationships and things like that it sort of makes a bit of sense now well even to a certain degree of unconscious or subconscious bias yep un- definitely. not even understanding where some of that stuff comes from because definitely. your brain's removed that from a trauma point of view out of your brain so it does it's protect- protecting itself but then you've got all this these things that happen and you're like why they're linked towards that or why what's yeah. going on here you know with well, see it's funny you say that because there's like there's a point um from like well, i made no secret of it from the age of 12 i abused any sort of drugs and alcohol i could get my hands on yeah. and it wasn't until i got to my mid to late 20s where i'd make decisions and then not quite straight away but shortly yeah. after be like well i've done that that's not me that's not what i stand for yeah. it's almost like um an alter ego yeah two, two separate people man yeah. so now obviously this year after my attempt on my life um reached out and got some help um it turns out i'm bipolar which i'm medicated for now which has been a massive um part of me getting to the point that i'm at now and like it explains a lot because it was like that bipolar swing of up and like feeling invincible or really really down where i can't get out of bed so it's um being medicated for that properly has been massive like massive and getting me to where you are flat ground bro yeah yeah, back to even kill or back to like yourself. Yeah, bro, and not having making decisions and then going, what the fuck? That's not who I am or what I want to be. Or yeah. like, instead of having the mood swings from here to here, it's brought them sort of down to here where I'm me all the time, not looking, going, who's this other guy that's making decisions for me? Because that's not that's not right. So how good? Big change. It, it has been, bro. It's been well, it's been life changing, literally, right. Like, can see that when you came in when you first came in i was like just from some of the stuff i have heard um and i'm a person who 100 percent takes people on value once i meet them and yeah. once i hear their story i will absolutely hear different things around traps and, and people's conversational pieces towards me but i never take any of that on value yeah. they wait till i actually meet the person so for me it was it was great to be able to shake your hand and actually look you look in the eyes and you know have this conversation with you um does you know going just jumping back into that story again mm-hmm. um you talk about that that that's that's sexual abuse side of things and then mm-hmm. um, going through that period of 12 to now and just recently um of alcohol and drug abuse like how bad did it get um through my teenage years it was to me it was just normal like you know sort of brought up in a drinking culture yep. a drug taking culture yep. um and then i sort of stopped taking um, stop drinking. Like I don't. I'll still have a beer here and there, but I'm not a drinker by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, and then stopped the psychedelics and that sort of thing quite some time ago. But picked up uh, methamphetamine. Have it at 
for some time. Um, I suppose the good part of 10 years, really. Shit. Yeah, man. So at first it was like a, a fun thing here and there, and then it became with pressure of the business and that. Yep. It became a thing of a tool to, well, I can call it a tool. It's, it's not a tool, but I was using it, trying to use it as a tool um, to work longer, harder, that sort of thing. Yep. And then, you know, before I know it, things got out of control. So I ended up, I've spoken before publicly about it because the truth's the truth. Like, you can't hide from it. So, um, done a stint in a rehab up in Auckland yep. a few years back now. Yep. And that was one of the best things I've done. Like, I've, I've had small slips <laughs> since that time, <laughs> but nothing like I was. And, um, yeah, now that I've sort of medicated, I don't feel the need for, any of that because you know one of the things that hurts is I hurt like you say you've heard rumors I hear some stories about myself yep. and like everyone says well it doesn't affect me but some of the ones I started hearing were like no 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 mm. like once it starts affecting my family and bring my family into things that um that's when it hurts like Absolutely. it doesn't really matter what's said about me but about my family and stuff and like people I've heard the one that I smoked my business which is mm, so far from the truth that mm that it's not funny and um, like I think when you first um, sent me a message like just a wee bit of support after I put up a post sort of saying like you know this is what's being said I've let it slide now enough's fucking enough yep. because it's um, you know some of the stuff's I don't know what you've you've heard but I turn my I turn my ears and my eyes off to most things yeah. in social media in fact I ignore most of social media because most of it's built on falsities anyway yeah so yeah, like you're saying around the tracks of the construction industry, you'd heard a few things that I yep. don't even want to know what they are because yep. it's not important to me what Doesn't they are. But um, yeah, you just can't believe everything you hear. And the thing that probably hurts me the most is if anyone wants to know, like... What are they sitting here? Yeah, well, that's why we're here, isn't it? Like, like you know, I've got people in my life, um, I'm pretty well known in most connections around and most networks around Christchurch and, and corporate space as well as the building industry. Um, and there's absolutely people that know you and they're connected to you that are connected to me, absolutely. And I don't need to hear stories. Mm. I, you know, if I was, if I was, if I wanted to listen to that, we wouldn't be sitting here today. Yeah, man. So for me, the only way that I, and it's not even just, it's not about me. It's like your story matters and it matters so much to not only yourself, to be able to tell it from your angle and your lens. And, you know, in the day, you you got no reason to to portray things to what they were or they what they're not. Like it's up to you. If you want to lie to the audience, then that's your prerogative. It's up to you. But you're not going to achieve anything by doing that. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I said everybody coming through here. I'm like, just tell it how it is because yeah. you know vulnerability and um and empathy and showing people who you actually are and showing them the true colors is worth more for yourself than it is actually for the audience anyway. And if we get that, that proper story out for yourself to actually portray it to the way it should be told and how it actually is, then you can move on. Yeah. You can let it go. And I think it's so important, like I, everyone I speak to in this studio has this, they, they were so worried and I was worried like coming into the space. My story is very colorful. Like I can, there's a lot of stuff that I can match most people like head for head with, with most of their stories and go down that deep dark rabbit hole. And I was worried that Anything I said, anything I did would be shone in a different yeah. light and I'd have problems with corporate careers and I'd have problems with people looking at me differently. But I've got to a point where I'm happy and I'm comfortable, um, and not everyone's like this, but I definitely am, to tell it how it is. Mm -hmm. Take me on who I am. Like, I've built my life and I'm who I am 
for that reason and you're no different like you've made some mistakes you've, ma- you've made some some probably really bad mistakes and so is a lot of people but you're the person who's going to step up and go i have made those mistakes my hand is actually up now and i really want to get it out to the audience that this is who i am and i'm sorry for whatever reason i've made some mistakes i'm going to own those i'm going to move on with life and i'm going to make amends for that and i'm going to prove to everybody that i am more than that and i'm not defined by a business or a meth 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 addiction or whatever that sort of stuff and i'm again better than that and i think it's I can't emphasize how important it is. Yeah, I really no, can't. I, I agree because at the end of the day, like I am, um, I'm a good person with a big heart. Like you say, I've, I made mistakes, but who doesn't? Unfortunately, not everyone views it in the same way that you do. There is still bias, but yep. I couldn't give a fuck, man. To be honest, yep. I, I don't, I don't have anyone to impress. Like I said, I lost everything, everything. Understand. So, I lie. Like I've got no. I am who I am. The the truth is the truth, and the past is the past. Absolutely. And like I can't. Um, go back and fix some of my mistakes. There is definitely things that if I could do over again, I would do di- differently. Mm-hmm. But the simple fact is I can't. I can only control what I do moving forward. It's just from my point of view that the difference between you and, say, for argument's sake, someone who's behind closed doors or behind a mask is it gets done in private all the time. Yeah. So they can break relationships, destroy people's lives in bits and pieces. And not saying that's what's happened with you, but yeah. in, in that sense, that's what happens. And it doesn't get put in media or it doesn't get spoken about. But because you're in that public space, more than most people it becomes the the talk of the town it's like mm. anything that happens in political circles you know like what happened up in Auckland recently with that drink driving accident it becomes that's the end of your career because you're in that yeah, space man. whereas yeah. Joe Bloggs did it every day for the last friggin six years yep. just gets no one no, no even cares so, and that's you know the reality that's the thing with the, that drink driving thing like I get people's opinions and that but once things turn to a personal level so the facts are yes it's an M- MP or whatever yep. um, and yes she's been caught drink driving should she have been drink driving? No, none of us should be. Yep. But once it becomes like personal slangs, well, that's where I draw the line. It's like, you don't, you're going to bag someone out on a personal level that you don't even know. Agreed. Yeah, sure, comment on, and if you want to be a negative, comment in a negative light on the facts of what's happened. But yep. to bag, and that's, that's probably one of the things that hurt me too. Like yep. a lot of people that have started stories and spread stories around about me have never met me vindictive and it's not actually just it's actually yeah, personal it's not actually like you say it's not a, a opinion based and and subjective based on what you think and you're allowed that opinion because it's your opinion but then as soon as you go one step deeper than that and actually start to assassinate people's personality yeah when you don't know them that's like and that's one thing i don't do like everyone is judgmental in one way or another and like it's something i try to work really hard on is when i make a judgment on something i see or something i hear mm. is to actually pull that back and go Hold on a second. Like, who am I? Who am I to judge anyone on anything? Yep. And who is anyone else to judge me on anything? I'm Unless I've done you personally wrong, mm-hmm. like, judge away. But you won't find many people that I've done personally wrong because, as a human, yep. I try not to. Like I said, I make mistakes, but it's um, not something I set out intentionally to do is to mm. is to hurt people. So, yeah. Cool, man. This is getting good. Like, this is. Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying this talk. Um, I usually am at a different level with these sort of podcasts, and it's usually a very me not being animated because I'm trying to take yeah, the emotion and then just listen, and it yeah. hits me quite hard with most of the stories. But because I'm I'm passionate about all these subjects, but there's some things that we talk about that I'm overly passionate yeah. about because I think it needs to be spoken about from the right angle in the right way. Cool. And um, your story adds to that, but I think we can we can segue into different parts of this conversation and actually have a generalised view on a lot of this sort of stuff. Yeah, and I well, think it's it needs to be spoken about. 
Yeah, well, you can take it wherever you want. I'm happy to talk about anything. Like, um, you lead it. You ask me, I'll tell you sort of thing, man. Like, I mean, yeah, we, we covered the, the mess side of things and the addiction mm. um, in that space there. What impact did that space have on you during that period? So, um, yes, I would imagine there's a financial burden on that space because <laughs> I know for a fact have coming, don't get me wrong, um, A-class was never part of my repertoire of things I was doing, but yeah, yeah. I was definitely into psychedelics and, yep. um, and coke and ecstasy and all that sort of things, and I did a lot of it. Um, uh, from my point of view, what did that look like for you? We can talk about the the mental sort of fallout, and that's definitely a piece of it, but like, yep. what did that realm look like? What was that all, that uh, mess? It's a hard one to answer, sort of. Yeah. So, like financially, it didn't really have an. It didn't impact my business at all. I didn't spend business money on my addiction. Yes. Um, it was always spent out of my own pocket. Mm-hmm. Like I paid myself mm-hmm. a wage, like any other employee would get. So yes. it was something that, when people think of meth addiction, maybe they think of, like I heard one. I, I heard a story not long ago that I spent thirty thousand dollars on meth in three days. Like. Anyone that can do that is fucking... You're doing well. Probably wouldn't yeah, be on this planet, to be honest. Like, not even uh, one hundredth of that. Like, well, whatever. Like, <laughs> not even anywhere, even remotely in the vicinity of that at all. So, um, financially, it didn't have a big impact on my family. Yep. Massive impact. Probably on my business and my my relationships with my staff, which, like, all my staff worked for me for, like, eight, nine, seven, five years. They mm-hmm. all... Uh, we didn't have a very high turnover of staff, yep. generally speaking. Yes. So, but uh, just the, the impact it had on me personally, which then filtered out to those around me, just like probably with being bipolar already, which I didn't know about, made those That's swings amazing. fucking huge. Yeah, bigger than which they already were big, but then sent them sky high when I was up yep. and manic, and then sent them low, low, low when I was down. So, um, yeah, like it's it's amazing that something that can make you feel so good in an instant mm. can fucking make like take everything away from you too. Absolutely. Um, during that period, depression, uh, suicide. Yeah, probably already struggling with depression. Yeah. Um. So like, man, my wife was still legally married. Yep. Um, and good good friends and co-parenting and all that stuff, and mm. we're in a really good space. So, so that's really cool. Like, mm-hmm. uh, hasn't always been like that, and that was my fault from my own hurt and not um well, she's always been amazing yep. but just my own hurt um putting up walls and acting in ways that aren't me which once again is probably part of the bipolar swing too mm-hmm. um but yeah it had a massive impact on my relationships with people more than anything my mental health and my relationships with people were probably the biggest impact it had financially not really a big impact like there's ins and outs piece of the puzzle but not the main piece of the puzzle yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a very small piece of the puzzle, but yeah, my interpersonal relationships yep. and yeah, my mental health. What, uh, what did they look like? Um, so just, I feel sorry for the people that back then had to be around me. Like when I was... Can you give us some context? Because um, I know what you're talking about, but I can guarantee most yeah, people uh, So like, when I was, and once again, part of the bipolar swing and just like turbocharging that. So when I was down, I'd be really down. Like, mm-hmm. and obviously running a business with the amount of staff I had in there is a high pressure. Yep. Um, so stressed out and just probably that stress would, the stressful side of me hang around longer than it should yep. and not be able to break that. But then the other side of me, if I was high, I was, you know, really good, really onto it. But 
And then those those two contradicting forms of myself make it hard for people to yeah. like you can't, be around, what, you can't be around it because yeah. you don't know where you can be. What stand. sort of max am I going to get today? Yeah, you know, and yeah. I used to wonder to myself, well, what sort of max am I going to get today? You know what I mean? So that's that's pretty fucked up when you're thinking about that yourself. Like, what sort of headspace am I going to be in today? Let alone the my poor ones who love me and are like watching me thinking, what's going on here? Like, because mm. they're very high stress and we've a using drugs or not, or bipolar or not, mm. very, very high stress in the construction industry. Anyone Absolutely. who's in the industry knows that, but um, yeah, it didn't help myself. Mm. Pretty brutal times. Yeah, man. COVID, like... Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a piece of puzzle. That's like... That's financially where we started having issues. I wouldn't say struggling as such, but mm-hmm. started having issues because such long delays, like... You know, you outlay a heap of money from a business point of view. Yep, and the cash flow coming in. Yeah, because, you know, when we're building for our, our clients, it's on stage payments, so we yep. get to a certain stage, they pay a certain amount of money. So we outlay a heap of money yep. to get three quarters or 90% of a stage done, mm-hmm. but then windows or whatever are held off for five weeks, six weeks, yep. or jibs held off for fucking 10 years, basically. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, like you, you outlay like thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yep. And then no cash it pauses. Out. So it's like, well, where do we go from here? Um, Was that a downfall moment? Um, no, uh, we're lucky that we had suppliers that worked with us with that. It was just a high stress yeah. moment, man. Which added to the, the, the whole storm of, teacup, teacup scenario. Chaos where in my heading. head. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, chaos in my head, basically. So um, from a timeline point of view, COVID was definitely a catalyst for a movement in that downward direction? Massively. Like we weren't on, like I said, we had um, relationships with suppliers and sub-trades and that's probably the thing that fucking hurts me the most about um, pulling the pin mm. is that it's affected them financially, which is so far from what, what I ever set out to do or wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Like it fucking, uh, that, that hurts. Like really good people that I have really good relationships with and now, and you know, some of them have reached out to me and been so kind when I don't know if I would have reacted how, how sort of they reacted and I still have every intention of putting things right there but you know from where I've been this year to where I'm heading um, it's going to take time so simple as that like I said you know they've lost out I know some of them had insurance and stuff and so they're covered financially but the fact that they showed me such um, support at times when we needed it, like it, it really, really hurt to pull have to pull the pin, but it was just never going to be a good time. Mm. And I was, I got to a headspace where I just couldn't carry on. But like, yeah, at the end of the day, it was my choice to to pull pin, and I had to do that for myself, my my kids, because I was start, I was losing it, I was mm. starting to lose it. I, I wasn't on stop credit at one supplier anywhere. Mm. Like which is what goes around oh I couldn't get materials mm. all that shit that's bullshit mm. I wasn't on stock credit anywhere but the, the simple fact is there's private clients that have now had to deal with master builders and have another builder finish their house there's suppliers that have lost out on money there's subcontractors that have lost out on money mm. and um, yeah financially just at this point I can't do anything about it I do intend in the future to put these things right but until I can, I can't. Mm. It's as simple as that, bro. I don't want it to be like that, but yeah, at least I'm, at this point, I'm still here and alive and 
will create opportunities for myself in the future to put those things right. Whereas if I keep going with the business, uh, the coffin's expanding around. Yeah, yeah. Walk me down that pathway to suicide. Um, I want to hear what. It, well, yeah. Actually, so, I don't need to hear what it sounds yeah. like, but I would like to understand it better. Yeah. Um, and that's why I asked with the, that slide from COVID was that downhill slope. I mean, yes, the methane, the methamphetamine addiction was definitely a piece of the puzzle. Absolutely. The yeah, bipolar was definitely a piece of the puzzle. The COVID stress was definitely a piece of the puzzle. Yeah, but the drug stuff, stuff sort of stopped up like around that same period. So the drugs weren't, sweet, a, that's yeah, weren't, weren't, weren't a piece of the downfall of the business. Like, yep. um, and that's the thing I find funny is because people always point to that when I've come out and been publicly open about, and that's what I'm saying about people making judgments and that. Absolutely. Instead of asking me, instead of someone messaging me saying, hey look, did, this did your drug yeah. addiction in yeah. your business, which yeah. I, if it did, I'd say yes, yep. which it didn't, so I'm saying no, because cool. it simply didn't even, cool. it didn't factor. But, Absolutely. Um, yeah, the, so I was I, trying to draw a context. Yeah, man. Because I need to, I just, I, not that anyone needs to hear this story because it's your story to tell, but I just, from my head, I'm yeah. just like, pattern, like no, yeah. pattern's just, what does the framework look like to get you to the point where suicide becomes the option? And that's um, that's where, um, and you don't have to run me through, um, and definitely um, due to media rights, we've got to be careful about what we say about carrying out acts of suicide and how it all yep. goes about, but definitely walk me down that stairwell to that point because it, it, it gives context yeah, to the I've story. Got, I've, got this bit cut. I've got criminal stuff going on with that, so I can't. Okay. Yeah, but cool. I'll... Yep. I'll go and yeah, go into it Yep, go into it um, cut it out, mate. No problems. Yeah, yep. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, um, yeah, so after, you know, like I said, if I kept the business, yep. I just um, was that stressed, miserable, and just just had fallen out of love with it, I believe. Uh, I wouldn't be here. But yep. So after ending the business, I almost ended up in the same place anyway. So um, it was, yeah, like I, I think I said before, Broadhurst Builders was, I ha, I'd had Broadhurst Builders for a third of my life. Mm. Like I was 23 years old when mm. I started Broadhurst Builders. Mm. Um, there was lots of good times, there's lots of tough times. Mm. But I got to a point for 18 months, two years, I battled with like, I guess, knowing deep down inside that, look, there's, there's more to me than this. There's, yep. I, I need a change, I need to do something different. But mm-hmm. My brain kept rationalising it. It's like no, no, like this is what I know. no, like come yeah. on, yeah. keep fighting, like keep Tra- moving trauma forward. response. Yeah, yeah, yep. like yep. fight or flight, and yep. I'm a fighter, not a flighter. So, mm. um, but then once it was gone, I guess um, like I had nowhere to live, so my ex partner let me stay with her for a short amount of time, her and my kids, which was great. But I guess I clung my happiness sort of onto them. Yep. Because I was so lost after, you know, doing something every day for 10 years and then bang, it's gone, which is like a weight lifted, but then another way is a weight added. Mm-hmm. And then just the whole like, okay, so... Who am I? Yeah. And then, so I got to a point where I guess my mood swings and nothing to do with drugs at this stage, but just my, I guess, the stress of everything and a lot lot of changes at once. Um, my, my wife, ex-wife, said to me, you know, like, you can't keep staying here. And that was probably my down, my down thing, because at that point I was still hoping, I still had hope that me and her could work things out and that, and like, so then I've gone from having the business, that's gone, to then, okay, like, I've got my family, and then that's gone, which I don't blame her for that, but then that's gone, and then I'm like, sort of somewhat homeless, and I'm like, well, without, 
I only kept the business, the business, everything I'd achieved, I'd achieved for my family. Mm-hmm. Like my why was my family. So then when I felt like that was gone, I had no why. People would say, what do you want to do? Don't want to do anything. Like I've got no, mm. found myself in this place where I had no goals, no motivation for anything, bro. Like, mm. it's a fucking scary place to be, especially when you're a motivated person oh, and yeah. your life's led from from goal setting and, and like, you know, like, I'm the sort of person, I'm like Google Maps, right? you got to put in the destination before you get the plan of how to get there. And when I didn't have the destination, mm. I'm like, what am I? Who am I? What, have, what do I want? Well, I want my family. I can't have that. I don't fucking want anything. Disconnect. Yeah. Complete emotional disconnect. I got to a point where I was sitting there one day and I was thinking, don't want anything. I might as well fucking get fucked up. So I got fucked up. Drugs and alcohol and stuff. And um, which I knew, like there's a, like for two separate people, there's a thing in my head going, you're not in a good headspace here. Like, you should you shouldn't be doing this. Mm. Like pull up, pull up. Nah. Then the other side's like, nah, fuck it. fuck you, fuck this. Yeah. Fuck everything. Mm. And then that started the spiral. Then I got to a point where I was sit sitting there and I just thought, Michael, look at you. What what are you? You know? You don't want anything out of this life anymore. What's the point of living? So, um, yeah, I won't go into too much details on it, but I decided, well, today's the day I end it, and um, how I plan to do it is too gutless to do it. Long story short, so I took a, a heap of sleeping pills, heap of sleeping pills, and um, yeah, long story short, woke up in hospital and just thought, fuck, I can't even do that right, you know? Since then, like I said before, I've had a lot of mates, you know, like, I'm sort of um, kicked to myself a lot now. I like, um, I finally went to like my own space, which was something I fucking hated. Mm. I hated being alone. Mm. Um, but I've got a, you know, I've got a handful of really good mates that when I don't need to see them every day, I don't mm. need to text them every day. Mm. But you know, when it matters, they um, they stand up mm. and they stood up and they've, they've lifted me up and. Some give me a kick in the ass and some give me some kind words and some give me a space to live in for a start. Some checked on me through text, you know. Um, and they gave me the boost to like, because after taking all those sleeping pills, I was fucked, man. Like I was, for weeks afterwards, I was absolutely fucked. I couldn't... Um, Function. I was, yeah, stuttering, fucking... Yeah, it was... Stupidity, especially like when I think of see what it done to my parents and the thought of if my kids knew what it would do to those babies. Like, and the worst thing is like in a good headspace, I can I know this, I see this, I understand mm. this, but in the headspace I was in, I just I don't even think I wanted to die to be honest. I just didn't want to feel what I was feeling anymore. Which is the um the irony of that space and I talk about it and I'm comfortable to talk about it so often because I've been in that space myself and it's not actually the want to go through, it's actually the disconnect. So there's emotional disconnect complete. So you don't actually have a want for anything, which is what creates that mentality of ending it all. Yeah, which is no purpose. Yeah, man, it's, I'm trying to hold my emotion back. It's a brutal, 
brutal, brutal space, and it's it's everywhere, man. It's not just your story is one of hundreds, thousands. I've probably heard already in private and in public, and it's fucking sad. Yeah, I don't have many words for it to be honest. It's a pretty dark space. It's a um, it's a space you don't wish it, like yeah. wish anyone to ever be in. Like if I don't have enemies, but if I did, I still wouldn't wish that on them. No. But the fact of the matter is that so many people, like especially, I'd imagine, I'd imagine, I don't know the statistics on it, but I'd imagine since COVID, or even before COVID, but since COVID, like the effect that that's had on people's mental health, uh, just from simple day-to-day things that we take for granted not being available anymore, and, you know, the attempts on people's, the attempts of suicide that people, that are happening, it's too much, it's too many, it's, um, yeah, like I said, like you said, you're a bit lost words, so am I, it's just, there is no way to put no. it in words, and, I, and, I, I, and there's no clear-cut answer either, yeah. yeah, all I can say is that, at the time, like I said, I am a mental health advocate, um, I am I am the support person for a lot of people that yeah. they come to me, and like I said, I know the answers. I know the I've got the tools, mm. but I still got I, I know this and I, I preach it to people, and I, I still got myself to a space where the tools didn't fucking matter, nothing mattered. By which tells you how scary it is. Yeah, man. Because yeah. I know better. I know better. Mm. And in the space I'm in now, it's not something I've ever even considered doing, but the. The way my life changed, which was brought on by myself, but in so many different areas all at once, mm. it just sent me into a, um, a space I can't ex- can't really explain how I got there. Mm. I don't fucking want to go back there. Nah. Like I said, you, I've been there about. I've probably been there four times in my life, and one of them was a psychotic, a complete utter mental breakdown. Yeah. Um, and. The, the well, you did the breakdown. Did you notice it coming, or was it bang? Um, I had signs. I was my brain was still damaged from a lot of other things that happened in my past. Um, I had a pretty, um, a pretty vanilla upbringing, but I had a lot of childhood trauma. Looking back on it now, in regards to um, how my parents were um, always fighting, and I was involved in a traumatic, traumatic upbringing from that respect. So, a lot of mental trauma, not physical trauma, but a lot of mental trauma. And then moving into that, you know, adolescence and always wanting to be at the top of everything I was doing, whether it be sport, whether it be school, whether it might be, and pushed into that space. And that was my all that was my own doing. But also, what do you think you chase, you strive for that success? Um, was it like as a not in a way of a reward, but like you, your inner child wanted recognition? Yeah. So um, growing up, um, my dad, um, and I'm probably won't like me speaking about it, but I'm gonna talk about it anyway. Um, my dad was an alcoholic, yep. and um, a lot of the time, although he was involved in and around my life, a lot of time he was at, at, at arm's reach or a distance that um, looked like it was close, but it was actually un, unreachable. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that approval or that want for approval um, for what success looks like or what it needs to look like was never given or was never yep. there. So I was always chasing the unachievable. Yeah. And um, I look back on it now and it still plays in my life that I'm currently living right now where 
I'm always never happy with my own like level of success. I'm always, and everyone's like, whenever they talk to me about what I'm doing, they can't believe the things the I have achieved yeah. and the levels I have achieved, but yet for but me it's never, never enough. enough. No, it's never good enough. And I, I don't think that's going to change anytime soon, but I'm, I've, I've worked really, really hard in the last five or six years to temper that and to bring it down to a level that's obtainable that's, and to, that's yeah, sustainable. Man. Because um, it's a hugely high burnout rate, like yep. hugely high burnout rate, and I think if you're constantly like striving for more and more and more, oh. like there's and there's no end yeah. game. There's actually it. no, there's actually no, there's no end to yeah. top of the pyramid. There's no top of the pyramid. That pyramid is it's one minute it's here and it's the top, and then next minute it's actually over there. Isn't it crazy yeah. how like your childhood experiences and a lot of people think trauma is physical yeah, trauma, bashing sexual or trauma. Yeah, yep. like it's um there's a lot of things i've noticed like i said i'm not bagging my parents or putting blame on them are awesome beautiful people and done the absolute best they could and from the you know upbringings that or things that happened in their childhood like i'm so proud of them for giving me the childhood that they gave me but you know the small things i've recognized only recently that my you know my father worked so hard like he worked 60 70 hours a week yep. Um, and it's just buggered when he got home. Yep. And a lot of some of my issues now um, come from, you know, asking him, oh, Dad, do you want to go down the park? Do you want to kick a ball around? Oh, no, no, son, you know, because he's absolutely bugging and which is almost like abandonment issues, which sounds, You're right. sort of sounds ridiculous, but like... Bang on the money. When I look at it, yeah. And I, like, um, I only recognised a couple of days ago, I'm always nervous when I ask someone to spend time with me for that simple fact, like it gives me anxiety. Mm-hmm. Like, anxiety and depression i didn't realize until i went to rehab in 2020 that my whole life i've been anxious as shit i just thought that because it was something normalized yeah because well it's because it's something i felt for so long mm. i was just like oh yeah i don't know you know it wasn't even a thing and yep. until you know we've done some some work on that sort of stuff mm. and i full of anxiety man and it's like now that i recognize what anxiety is and the feeling it is contemporary it's like Fuck, no wonder, you know, I don't know. I'm not so anxious anymore. It probably helps that I've got the medication that I've needed, right? Yep. Um, but like that anxious feeling, I used to wake up and like be shaking, I'd be that anxious yeah. straight away, boom. And Brutal. I only just realised yesterday, I've realised a lot of things in the last few days. Yeah. Like, you know, and that's the thing. Once you start getting onto a good path, yeah. things start becoming clear real quick. Yep. Like I'm... Especially, you know, the last couple of months, it's mm. took myself a while to get back onto my knees for a start. But since I've gotten back onto my feet, especially the last month or so, has been um, good things have happened, and it's all come. That's all comes back to a positive, a positive outlook. But yeah, just the things that I've started to realise and make sense of in that time, it's um, it's crazy, and it's a long way from where I was, where I couldn't make. Sense of nah, so much head noise, man. So much head noise, I just couldn't, I couldn't function. Yep. Mm. Sorry, I talk a lot, eh? Nah, it's good, man. <laughs> Actually, believe it or not, I don't, um, usually during these podcasts, I usually, I don't usually do much talking, to be honest. I usually just segue where I need to and ask the questions I want to understand on a few subjects and bits and pieces, but most people have a pretty clean, not even a clean path, just a path of direction with where they want to start and where they want to get to and that sort of thing, so... Um, a little bit different for me tonight, just having it from a different angle and probably inputting and having more input than I usually would. Uh, I like it, man. I enjoy the yeah. interaction. I, cool. I struggle if someone says, sit there and tell your story. It's like, well, I was born, <laughs> I went to school not very well, and 
I've worked and like it's like well you know it's life is can be that full on have that many different angles and directions and ups and downs it's like how deep do do you want to go do you want to go back to the time I was born or you know what I mean like it can be um yeah but yeah the you know the main reason that um when you reached out and sent me a message like of support that I wanted to do this was to show people that it is okay not to be okay mm-hmm. um it doesn't matter how low you get if you're still breathing you can turn it around like i'm in a space in my life now where financially and asset wise i've got next to nothing mm-hmm. but um mentally and spiritually i'm in a better place now you probably have been. and feel so much lighter man and there's still it's not fucking roses every single day mm. but when it's not roses beforehand it'd be like a full day a week sometimes a fortnight now it's like half an hour and i'm like pick yourself up because that when you come that close to the end nothing else really matters other you know from there couldn't agree more like the small shit that you're stressing even once again the last few days the last few days have been massive for me i don't know why just mentally the stuff that i've started realizing mm-hmm. like last friday i had the shittest like technically the shittest day ever yeah had a wee car crash um everything that could go wrong yep. just went Comes wrong in twos and threes. then the battery yep. of the car was flat like it just fucking everything went wrong yep. which would usually Spin send it. me spiraling yep and the whole day i just laughed at it i just laughed and laughed and laughed and it continued like it was a shit day yeah. <laughs> like everything that went wrong could have gone wrong but yeah. just the mindset of like oh well even if things keep going wrong today tomorrow is going to be a better day yep. and it was like cool sometimes i think when you're in that negative headspace and things go wrong you can get caught in the poor me's or like this is only happening to me yep. when doesn't matter how bad your situation is there's fucking someone else in a far worse one so i, couldn't agree more. I think the i think the biggest not actually the biggest problem we have a lot in that space is, and you can probably attest to this is when you're in that headspace and probably not so much anymore probably because the medication will probably definitely help with that space but obviously understanding your situation your bipolar side of things yeah. and actually having a better grasp on things probably helps a lot but mm-hmm. before that you probably can attest to this when you're in that space a lot of the time there isn't reason yeah. <laughs> a lot of the time it is rumination and it is anxiety yeah. and it just compounds and then the next small thing becomes another compounding thing and it becomes by the end of the day the whole world's about to end yeah. and it becomes the end of the world and that disconnect starts to happen and that's where yeah. that, those feelings come from um but so you almost by being and like you can't it's like it's easy for me now to say i can snap myself out of that yeah. when you're in a space where you can't snap yourself out of that then you almost start attracting well you do you start attracting more of the same i could have more because like where you know where your thoughts go energy flows and then it just becomes a cycle and to get, break that cycle is fucking hard it's, it's damn near impossible for some people yep that's where the help of sometimes doctors sometimes like like i was trying to say before a lot of people think that mental health issues come from abuse and this and that um which a lot of it does like the yep. statistics probably say that if you've been abused in one way or another yep. that there's probably a higher chance that you're going to have mental health issues but mm. some people just born with chemical imbalances too agreed you know like, and life circumstances high pressure jobs you know high yeah. pressure jobs are a massive you know piece of the puzzle you know i reckon it was the stress that really tipped me man like because i didn't like i said my whole until my mid to late 20s i didn't 
think about mental health at all. I didn't notice mm-hmm. anything. I was, um, yeah, I got to a point one day where the stress had just burnt me that much. I had somewhat of a breakdown. I couldn't speak. I just kept on it. Yeah, my wife at the time took me to the doctor and gave me medication. I'm not saying medication's the way to go because I don't believe even the medication that I'm on now, lithium, I don't believe without all the other things that I've put in place and that I proactively do to support my mental health, I don't think it would have... I think it's, just, I, I think it's a cherry on top, bro. I agree. Like, I think I make sure I get up. Holistically. Yeah. Yeah. But exercise, nutrition, yeah, hydration, sleep. Sleep's massive. Sleep is massive. And so I've got sleep apnea. So yes. the old CPAP machine. Um, and I, you know, I notice that if I don't wear that, I can sleep for like nine hours and wake up like bloodshot eyes look like I'm drunk. Yep. Or I can wear that for four or five hours and wake up feeling Fresh amazing. Sleep. But that's the first thing I do too. It's not often I don't watch the sunrise. I get up and get out straight away and walk. How good? Like I have to. I have to. I have that to feel good. like I achieve something straight away. And then I'm like. Oh, okay, so, you know, whereas if I lay there, which I don't, but if I lay there, I think it's to seven, eight, nine o'clock, like the days, I feel like the days, oh, there's no point now. Yep. Yeah. Are you the same? I am. Cool. Yep, exactly the same. So, clearly not at the moment with my ankle the way yeah. it is, but um, yeah, usually my mornings look of, of getting up and I usually, I'm exercising twice a day most days, so up in the, either at the gym or at the pool or... Or going for a walk or doing something, yep. sunshine on my eyes and get things moving. It's usually my first part of my day. Yeah, man, it's so good to just achieve something straight away. Eh? Yeah, like I, that's I reckon that's the biggest thing for me. I also watch what I eat too. Like I've done a lot of research into what like foods are good for yeah, moods, so. like avocados and all that sort of thing. Like, and to be fair, I still eat quite a bit of crap, <laughs> but um, I am conscious of of those Balancing things it. and conscious of what I put um, in my ears and from my eyes too. What I watch and what I listen to. Yeah. Like, I know that might sound funny to some people, but it's a massive thing for me. I quite often, if I'm in my own space, I quite often have headphones on and mm. um, I listen to I listen to a lot of league podcasts as mm. well. But if I'm not listening to that, I listen to a lot of mindset stuff yep. because if, you know, and it's the same with people you surround yourself with too. It's all about the environment you put yourself in. Positive influence, eh? Yeah, man. Yeah. Because if you're listening to people whinge and who don't have much going for them and are co- constantly on that negative spiral... Yep. Like, you're only going to jump on the slide next to them. Couldn't agree more. Mm. Couldn't agree more. Um, just before we get to probably to close to wrapping up, yep. um, I just want to go and touch on when you got to the point. I know we're not, I'm not yep. going to rehash that story, yeah, but yeah. I just want to go back to the point when you got to the point of um, your ex-wife now um, going down that direction and moving away from you and that separation there. And you you know get to that point of, being down the bottom of the staircase or even in the pit and not having much else and yep. not wanting to end your life. Where did that go to from there in regards to what snapped things from that space? What was it? Was it a person? Was it a conversation? Was what it snapped a, things downwards or no, upwards? upwards? So what snapped you from that place? And it probably wasn't an, like a snap, but it was probably, a, there's probably something yeah. most likely in that space where it was like, nah, like, nah. And something may have, may have happened. I don't know what it did or yeah, but so like, I, explore it as a touch. I wouldn't say that the turnaround in my well-being, I wouldn't say that it was like a, a snap moment. I but you've gone from suicidal to wanting to get yeah. back to where you are now. Yep. So there would have been something so, or yeah. somebody or... So there was, um, I guess, the thing that turned me around, and it still took a while to sink in, because like I said, for... 
four weeks after, yep. I was fucked. Like, yep. I thought, I thought it had impaired me permanently for, yep. for some time. So three or four weeks, you're going through, what have I done? And yeah, I've but been it's that just space. more, it's like, there's a lot of anger. Yep. Like my parents, I went and stayed with them once I got out of the hospital. Yep. Um, and there was just a lot of anger. There was ups, massive ups and downs. Yes. And just the anger was, and I directed at them, not physically or anything, but yep. with my words. Mm-hmm. Um, when I guess in hindsight, that anger was more anger towards myself and feeling stupid and regret. Mm-hmm. Um, so I stayed with them for some time until a friend of mine gave me a space to live in, mm-hmm. which I'm very grateful for. Um, Total moment. And it was still still from there, it was like a seesaw. Mm-hmm. It was like a massive um, seesaw. But the, yeah, within the week after I tried to end my life, I went... I've been trying to get an ADHD assessment mm-hmm. done for ages because yep. my whole life people said to me, do you think ADHD? Yep. No, nah, no way. And then a good friend of mine said to me, he's ADHD and he's like, you're ADHD. And I was like, nah. And he, he um, this was some time ago, he gave me like three of his pills. He said, take one of these a day, you know, sort of see how you go. And I still had the business at this point and for the first time ever I could focus on one thing mm-hmm. like without... Travelling off onto a million different things, and yeah. I was like, "Wow, you know, this is cool." So I went to my doctor and I said, "Hey, look, well, maybe, you know." And um, the worst thing is, they referred me to two places, and they're like, "I oh, know we're not taking people on." Yeah. So I literally, they went on for like four months. I got to a point where I was like, "Fuck this!" Yep. Like something's got to happen here because I was starting to, you know, I I didn't know what was wrong, but I knew something wasn't right. Absolutely. And so I got a list of every ADHD psychologist or mm-hmm. whatever in Christchurch, and I yes. just went through and rang and emailed like about 14 of them yep. until one said, yep, we can book you in in like um, six weeks' time or whatever. Yep. It was the same time, so I said, yeah, cool. So that date happened to coincide with like four days after I tried to off myself, and mm-hmm. I was still... No like, good. But I thought... I fucking waited this long. Have to go. And yeah, I definitely need something to change. So I went and done an ADHD assessment and the lady um, that done it wrote a report that basically said, look, there's a chance that you are ADHD, but I'm more more thinking that bipolar is a massive issue for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And so long story short, without going to the ins and outs, I got um, in front of a psychiatrist, which... Mm -hmm. Took a lot of, um, uh, yeah, took a lot. A of, long story. <laughs> yeah, a long story to yep. actually get in front of one yep. because we're so, I do, I went to Auckland. I couldn't get in front of one yep. here. So, and he, um, I'd actually, I'd actually dealt with him when I was in rehab beforehand and he seemed to think that, yep, you, you're definitely bipolar. We'll try you on some medications. And that's, I guess, um, that's what started my, uh, chain reaction lift. yeah but there was even after that there's times where it's like a seesaw mm-hmm. like and people say to me oh you're always so positive no nah, i'm not yeah i put i actively practice positivity and mm-hmm. it's not it's not false positivity because if i'm not in a space where i feel positive i don't just go oh, fucking here's the positivity yep. but i um, gratitude's probably the word for it 100 like i and I find that if you show gratitude for what you've got, even if it's very little, but if you've got clothes on your back, if you've got food in your belly, yeah. if you've got somewhere that's warm and, and dry to sleep, 
well, that's a fucking good place to start. And once you start showing gratitude for those small things, or even um, like I went and had dinner with my my wife, my ex-wife, and my babies tonight before I came here. And even one thing I said to her is now I notice, like I've always noticed the sunrise, but I especially I'm especially grateful for the sunrise and the sunset, especially you know when you got that pinky orange sky. Well, yep which a good mate of mine that's recently passed away, mm-hmm. um, called Porringe, that was his colour. So, yeah. and, that's, and it was probably, if there is a snap point that sent me upwards, and that probably sounds funny, but um, I've had two really good mates pass away this year that were like my, um, my supports, my ones, the two people in this world that I'd go to and be open and vulnerable with, so... One of them took his life earlier this year and another one died in a motorcycle accident um, a couple of months ago or just about a couple of months ago now and you know those two guys are both rough diamonds like were some two of the hardest men you could meet but two that had an amazing emotional capacity that I guess a lot of people that knew them just from face value, Didn't see. wouldn't understand. Like, the, they're the two people that I've had the most in-depth conversations with, vulnerable, open conversations that could understand um, on this planet. So I guess it was when my bro passed away on, on the bike, not long before that, um, he had a way with words and... Each time we'd chat, I'd think, he's trying to tell me something here. <laughs> like, he's trying to tell me something. And what he's trying to tell me politely is, lift your fucking head up, remember who the fuck you are, mm. and stop dragging your ass. Like, he didn't put it in. Mm. He was a bit gentler than that, yep. but that's what he was saying to me. Mm. Like, stop stop feeling sorry for yourself. Only you can lift yourself back up. Mm. I, I know who you are. You know who you are. Now fucking do it. Mm. And just from the moment he's passed, I've held myself differently. I've felt, um, I don't know, I feel his presence a lot. Mm-hmm. And I feel his support. And I still remember, like, his words that basically said that. Pick your fucking head up. Like, remember who the fuck you are. It doesn't matter with the shit people talk. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. You know who you are. I know who you are. Um, yeah, I'm not going to let him down. I'm not going to sit around feeling sorry for myself anymore. Like... I've got nothing. I've got it. When you, the good thing is, when you've got nothing left, you've got everything to gain. Agreed. And like he was, um, my bro was always a cup half full. Well, otherwise he'd he'd, he'd find another cup that was. Mm. Like he was just um, an amazing person that looked rough, looked rugged, and if you done wrong by him or his family it could be your worst nightmare but he also had the biggest heart and was my biggest support and it's the same with um yeah my other mate that took his life earlier in the year he'd had he'd had a rough life he'd done a lot of prison which through choices he'd made but like his emotional intelligence i'd sit there with with him at three o'clock in the morning Mm. like his emotional intelligence and um, noticing triggers in other people and I I always used to say to him because he sort of lived on he lived on the wrong side of the tracks if you want to put it that way yep. 
say to them, look, I want to do something with mental health. I want to do something to help our people. Mm. I want you to be a part of it. Mm. And he always sort of went, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. And he could have because he he was better than any psychologist I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Like he could go, well, you keep doing this and this is a pattern for you because blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And he'd be bang on the money every time. Yep. And he could recognise these things, but he couldn't um, always navigate that and control that within himself. And it obviously led him to a point of, uh, I don't know. I don't know what it led him to a point of, but led him to a point where he um, he didn't want to be here anymore and the weight was too heavy for him. And he'd, you know, like quite often when he got, I guess, close to that point, he'd reach out. And I don't know why this time he didn't. I guess he just had enough, but he could have, he could have, he could have been anything given the, the chance, you know, so... I guess, I guess the the loss of of those two guys and the strength that both of those men showed in different areas is probably what what made me turn like pull my head out of my own ass, so to speak. Mm. Obviously, that then with the help of being medicated and the the more than the medication, the will and the want and the reminder that life can be fucking short and mm. why would I want to take my own life in these, well, obviously my mate took his own life, but my other brother that um, had the bike accident, why would I want to take my own life when he'd give it, probably give anything to have his back, you know, and the people, seeing the hurt of his people from here, from Australia, like hundreds of people, the hurt that his death by accident caused them like mm. I don't want to add to anyone's hurt I don't want to put that hurt I don't want to put my hurt onto my babies I want to heal my hurt and move on and be a better example not just for my babies but for for people in general for other for, especially for young guys that think you have to be hard you have to be this you have to have tattoos you have to fucking do all that shit mm. not, that's not why I've got tattoos I just like them <laughs> but you know what I mean that stigma of like, I'm a man, I can physically go toe-to-toe with the best of them yep. if I want to. Yep. Um, it's not what I want to do. I, You don't have to be like that, you know. Yep. I'm a man with feelings, and it's okay to have feelings. Agreed. Yeah. Well, I think, mate. So it's uh, such a beautiful um, story. It's amazing how we just segue into that based on sorry go, I, want, nah, it's, I, I, want, it's, I end up wondering off nah, that it's, I just, nah, it's, it's powerful it's, it's important it comes out because didn't know that was even there and now we do so bro it's, if there's one snap moment like yeah it's, there you go. it's my mate on the bike passing away and like what he reminded me impact he had very very like a week before he passed brutal like brutal remember who the fuck you are hmm like basically stop being a bitch like you can cut this if you want to make you whatever <laughs> like stop being a bitch pick yourself up remember who the fuck you are don't worry about what these people are saying about you mm. it doesn't matter and yep. it doesn't as long as I can look at myself in the mirror I know who I am well I think it comes back to I said this in more other podcasts mate like success is your success yeah like it's not anybody else's it's not you know having three businesses or three Maseratis in the driveway yeah. that sort of stuff it's like your success right now is doing what you're doing yeah and, and that's so important like so and that's so different to what I wanted at one stage of my life. Yep. Like I, I wanted to be a millionaire. Mm-hmm. I wanted this, I wanted that. But I got to a point in my life where 
other than being a millionaire, I'd achieved everything I wanted. I had the wife, I had the house, I had the car, yep. I had aesthetically, yep. I had You're motorbikes, right. I had the life. But yep. without being free and here and here, you've got nothing. Well, my opinion is yep. you've got nothing. And now that I don't have all that stuff, but I'm starting to get the freedom in here and in here, yep. I feel like I've got everything. Yeah, mate. You know, and that's a... So, it's so, like I said, it's so different from from what at one point in my life I'd be like, oh, you're a fucking a failure, but I'm not. Like, like you say, success is different for everyone, and now success is different for me than what it was even five years ago, you know? So, 100%. Yeah. It's an amazing story, mate. Well, it's not over yet. No. Like, you know, it's Definitely. only the beginning. I feel like it's the beginning for me now. Yep, pages it's, to be written yet. Yeah, it's the end of a chapter, mm. but I'll try to make it the end of a book. Because I thought, full stop, you know, but mm. no, 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 that's the end of the chapter. The rest 100%. of the book still will write itself or I'll, you know. Multiple I'll books. Yeah. That's it, eh? Cool, brother. Thank you, man. <laughs>